This insert is brought to you by Radio K Pulpit on 7 to 9 a.m. Visit us on www.kpulpit.co.za. Into Me See. A place where we learn about deep connection with yourself, those close to you, and, and with, with God. God. In our program, Into Me See, we deal with reality, restoration, and redemption in the face of addiction. We uncover intimacy as seeing into me and the role it plays in healthy relationships. Thank you for joining us wherever you are. In this program, we'll explore what intimacy means and how to work towards it. And by the way, sex is not only is only one part of intimacy. Yes, there is so much more to intimacy than that. And we have learned to journey from disconnect to greater intimacy through our challenges and joys during our 38 years of marriage. I'm Frederick Wools. And I'm Suki Wools. We are both licensed counsellors and looking forward to embark with you on this journey towards greater intimacy. We'll continue to explore what intimacy means and look at the crucial role it plays for the development of healthy, um, healthy relationships. Yes, especially in these times when there are multiple distractions, such as our phones, uh, social media, that so easily rob us of intimate relationships with God, other human beings, and with ourselves. Last week, we spoke to Mac and Aideen, who have journeyed together into greater intimacy with each other, God, and themselves. We ended by saying that this story doesn't end there but that there's hope because of the hope we have in Christ Jesus. The restoration journey that you embarked on started at some point in your life. Please share with us what initiated those first steps for you as individuals, Mark and Adin. Yeah, thank you, Frederick and Suki, for inviting us again to be with you. Uh, firstly, I reached total rock bottom. Our relationship was tattered and shattered. We were separated from each other. And I had to find out what was really wrong with me and what I required in order to heal this destructive habit that was in my life. I found that I needed to work a recovery journey in order to restore my selfishness and my relationships with God and with Adin. And for yes, you, Adin? Yeah, for me, um, I believe Mac had a problem, uh, not me. So I didn't think I needed help. Um, but one day, a very close friend of mine said to me, I think you seriously need help. <laughs> so I trusted her, and I went to see a counsellor um, uh, in the same practice where Max was seeing a counsellor. Well, this was a total disaster um, because I just felt telling my story to a stranger, and I had to pay her. 640 ways to tell the stranger my story. I mean, that was just to me a total waste of time, a waste of everything, and I walked out there angrier than what I walked in. Um, but, but it luckily didn't end there. A month later, I saw a psychologist whom I had seen way back when Matt had one of his episodes, and this time she introduced me to a 12-step program for specifically for partners of, of sex addicts. And this is where my recovery journey started. Mm. Yeah, so uh, it really seems like me. You, you had to take individual steps, and uh, that 
is unique to each one of you, you know, because the Lord tells us that we are uniquely and fearfully woven together in Psalm 136, verses 13 and 14. So, Mac, what was the unique and first steps that you took uh, for yourself to to move into recovery away from this one, uh, this struggle? Yeah, Frederick, I think the first thing I needed to do is to, to walk out of denial because I had denied that I really had a problem. I mm. thought I was in control of this problem. And I had to confess for the first time in my life that I'm not God because I was playing God in my own life mm. and that I now needed God to help me restore myself because I just couldn't fix myself. Mm. I, des- I was in desperation and I saw a therapist and the therapist kind of diagnosed me as having sexual addiction. And then he, he asked me to attend a 12-step recovery program, mm. uh, specifically for people with, with sexual addictions. And as soon as I walked into those rooms, I knew that this is where God wanted me. Mm. And I started working through these 12 steps with Jesus Christ as my higher power. Yeah. And God started changing my life. From that point onwards. Mm-hmm. So this, the program that you attended wasn't specifically uh, Christ-centered, but it uh, led you towards your Christ-centeredness and uh, taking Christ as your higher power. That's right. Uh, Frederick, they mentioned God, and they say whatever your higher power is. And obviously for me, being a Christian, Jesus Christ was my higher power. Mm, and that's mm. how I worked on that program. And and that was how you walked a unique path or started a unique path uh, with God uh, in your recovery journey. It's that's in- correct, yes. It's interesting, Mac, because I know, you know, we also do 12-step programs and that some people don't always enter that program with with God as their higher power. But it's interesting, we've seen several people along the way who actually came to know God as their higher power, even though maybe in the beginning they were angry with them. And maybe that's why many of these 12-step programs go that way and not specifically um, introduce God, but the higher power. But then I know you guys are involved with Celebrate Recovery, where God is is the ultimate higher power and where he where that is absolute of a, a Christ-centered fellowship, which is great. But before we get into that now, um, Adin, when you started your restoration journey, um, it was very different to Max, of course, but what did your, uh, your first steps look like? You mentioned a little bit yes. like that, but if you could just expand on that. Yes, so um, as I said, I then um, went to a 12-step fellowship um, for women that um, are affected by their partner's sex addiction. And just to be a part of a group where people understand where you're coming from, they understand your hurt, um, that was incredible for me because, um, you know, I have to honestly say that in the church, we, there's been such a lack. You know, we would just pray for someone, we would rebuke the sinner, mm. and then move on. But with this, um, we can really deal with the problem, understand one another, mm. not be judgmental at all, work the steps, and, and God does a miracle in your life. Mm, mm. Yeah. Yeah. 
How important did you experience for both of you to be involved in a recovery restoration journey? Yes, um, I think it was quite uh, somewhere down in Max's recovery where he realized, he actually read a book by Patrick Kahn, where he said the best way for a, for someone to to recover from a sexual addiction is if both partners are in recovery. Mm. And from my side, if I didn't do a recovery program, I might have just divorced Mac and moved on with my life. And I would have just walked into a similar situation or even worse because I never worked on myself. Mm. I never worked on my own character defects and, and I never acknowledged my part in this whole thing. I'm so, so glad. it was very important. I'm so glad you're yeah. saying that, Adin, because many ladies say, well, he's the one looking at the pictures, you know. <laughs> you know, exactly. why do I need to do something? And exactly. I know it's actually crucial for both partners because all of us have sin and, and it plays yeah. into each other without realizing mm. how it actually feels the whole situation. Yeah, and yeah. Um, uh, it's also that you've gone uniquely to somebody that specializes in the area that you are going and that you're working through. Um, so, Mac, you also mentioned you went to a counselor. What type of counselor was that? Because I've often heard of people going to counselors and they leave more hurt than what they have entered into it. Yeah, Frederick, um, I went to a, a specialist a therapist that, that deals in sexual addiction specifically. Mm. And I did a, a, a number of sessions together with him. I then also did a closed group where a, a number of us got together in little groups. Mm. And, uh, and yeah, and we started, we started uh, working through our issues together as a group. Yes. I found that, you know, having accountability with other people became a massive thing. Yes. Because one of my one of my issues in the past was that in, in addiction, I found that I isolated and I didn't have regular accountability mm. with people that understood me mm. or understood what I'm going through. And suddenly I found a group of people that all had similar issues and we could so identify with one another. So that's how I kind of started my recovery journey with other people. And mm. I found that I could be accountable to them week by week. Mm. Mm. Mac, it's great, and we know that groups are very important, but um, I don't want the listeners to get a negative message about counseling because we know that it also plays an important role. So can you or Adin, Adin tell us about the value of counseling in your life apart from groups? Because we know groups are crucial, but sometimes there is definitely a place for counseling as well. Yeah, Suki, you know, my counselor was absolutely amazing in that he took me back to my issues that started my addiction, my childhood issues that I had buried and forgot about, mm. my upbringings, and my and he, and and he, we kind of drew, you know, all the dots linked up, and he 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 managed to kind of get a picture of my life 
and why I am where I am at that time. And you say and that uh, was crucial. That was great. And then he also he also had all the solutions for me. Mm. So he had them all right ready. He had a 12-step program. He had a, a closed group that I could attend. And he, yeah, he helped me tremendously in my recovery. And would you say that it's important specifically to know, to go to someone who specializes with addiction and specifically sexual addiction? Because I know that makes a huge difference. Sometimes people end up going to general counselors who are not really trained in helping them with addiction, uh, problems um, surrounding addiction. Yes. So, um, Suki, I can just say there that the first counselor that I saw um, did not understand addiction. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's, well, I can't say that, but definitely not sexual addiction. And she just told me straight that um, Mac is a compulsive liar. He's cheating on me, and there's nothing I can do about that, which oh. to me was the wrong, very wrong um, counselor at that time. And then I found the right counselor who understood addiction and said, no, but he's not a compulsive liar, and he's not a cheater. That is all part of the package of his addiction. Mm. And, and there's hope. We can work through this. And she took me step by step. So very important to find a counsellor that understands the specific addiction. Okay, I think it's time for a short break. Thank you very much for that. We'll come back after the break. We're going to listen to a song and then we're going to talk more about the steps. Thank you so much. Thank you very much. That was great. And uh, thank you very much, uh, Mac and Nadine, for staying with us. Uh, you as a couple are heading up a ministry in Cape Town for people with hurts, hang-ups and habits. And I think many of us, if not all of us, fall somewhere in that category. Tell us a little bit about this ministry and what role each of you are playing in this in this ministry. Yes, Frederick, um, I believe very strongly in a 12-step recovery program. Yeah. Um, and mm-hmm. I, I, I was doing it with uh, sec- in a secular group, but I really believe that it was great for Christ followers to be doing a 12-step recovery. So yes. I searched everywhere on the internet, and I eventually found this program called Celebrate Recovery, which was in so many 35,000 churches all across the world. Mm. But when I tried to find a church in South Africa that was doing Celebrate Recovery, I couldn't find one. Mm. So... So what Adine and I did is we jumped on a plane in 2019 off to Los Angeles and we went to a Celebrate Recovery Summit at Saddleback Church where we were trained and given all the tools to bring this program back to our own community. Mm. Wow. Yes, and when we told our pastor about this, he was so excited and he wanted us to start straight away. But we said, no, 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 we need all the training. Right. So we, yeah, so we managed to launch... Um, in January this year, three months before lockdown. Hmm. But thanks to Zoom, we could continue with, with this program. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, we actually grew. But more and more people came in to find uh, love, support, and encouragement on their journey of, of hurt habits and hang up. Mm. Oh, I'm loving it because you say thanks to Zoom. I thought you were going to say thanks to God. <laughs> but, but, but I know it's thanks to God for Zoom because otherwise we wouldn't be able to continue, right? 
Um, and, yeah. and the beauty is now that it that people could join through Zoom and that there are also, we also need to mention that there are other Celebrate Recovery groups in South Africa, but the listeners are welcome to inquire and, um, and to check things out online or, or maybe to write to us for more details on that. It's clear Absolutely. that Celebrate Recovery is for any person that is struggling to overcome sinful behavior in their lives. Also, the 12 steps can be applied to all areas of our lives. Uh, do you mind sharing the 12 steps just briefly and some of the scriptural support for each step and, and apply that a little bit to your own journey, if you can? Yes, we can do that, uh, Suki. We'll just go through the 12 steps. Uh, many people might know it in a secular environment, but we'll tell you the scriptures that Celebrate Recovery put to each step. So the first step is we admit that we are powerless over our addictions and compulsive behaviors and that our lives have become unmanageable. And the scripture for that is Romans 7:18 says, I know that nothing good lives in me that is in my sinful nature, for I have the desire to do what is good, but I cannot carry that out. And I think Paul understood the, the, the problem with doing what you don't want to do and the things you want to do, you don't do. And I found that I couldn't fix myself as well. I had to surrender myself to God. I was powerless over my addiction. Yes. Step two uh, tells us that we came to believe in a power greater than ourselves and that this power could restore us to sanity. And Philippians 2.13 tells us, so it's God who works in us to will and to act according to his good purpose. So I'm just so glad that God is still working in me. And I realize it's a continuous thing. Mm. Until the last day of mm. my life on earth, and he really, God is working in me. And he really restores us to sanity in our daily lives. I find that constantly when I have this yes. problem and I start fretting about it and I can't stop thinking about it and I say, I'm powerless. And saying, God, only Absolutely. you can restore me to sanity. It's such a helpful Absolutely. step. Okay, step three. Yeah. yeah. And then step three in the process is that we came, we made a decision to turn our lives and our wills over to the care of God. And Romans 12, 1 says, Therefore, I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. I'm a very strong will person, and I've always wanted to do things my way. Even though I've given my life to Jesus, I hadn't surrendered every area of my life. And this step specifically helped me to surrender every area of my life to his loving care and allow him to do his work in me. Mm. And, th and this is not something that happens every day. So there are some days we get it right and some days that we <laughs> kind of like struggle. So, But it's a, a decision that we need to make to do something. And to continue to turn our wills over also on a momentarily basis mm. when mm. we get into stuff that we want to do that we shouldn't be doing, right? Absolutely. Yes, and I so love the... Step four, following that, um, it's based on Lamentations 3.40. And this scripture says, let us examine our ways and test them and let us return to the Lord. And this is where step four is so important. We have to make a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Mm. This is so important for us to dig into our hearts. To examine all our ways. We cannot examine our ways now if we don't go back and see what has caused these behaviors in my life. And it's, so, it's crucial. It's absolutely crucial to absolutely. do this because how many Christians do we know? And 
even me myself for many years that just praise God and good and we follow him but we don't look at the same stuff why do we keep on stumbling over and over on over the same things and if we start giving this to God and start looking at that then he can take us away from our sinful patterns um, Suki, I think this is very much at the point where we start seeing into ourselves. Mm. And in our first program, we talked about seeing into me. And uh, once we can do that, then we can start handing over our mm. hang-ups, mm. our issues, and our habits. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And, and, you know, following from that step, the next step is now, now we've made this inventory. Now we admit to God we admit to ourselves and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Mm. So we must confess our sins to each other and pray for each other so that we may be healed. That's what mm. James 5.16 told us. Um, when I first got saved, I asked Jesus to forgive me all my sins. I never made a list of them, mm. and I confessed them. In the, I didn't confess them individually to myself and to God, but I was still forgiven. God still forgives us, but we quite often feel that confessing to another human being isn't necessary in this day and age because God keeps forgiving us anyway. Mm, but mm. in order for us to be healed, James 5, 16 says that we must confess our sins to one another. So this is part of step five where we confess all our wrongs, all our sins to, to another person. Mm. Mac, I'm thinking about people who used to say, I don't hear it often anymore, but I used to hear often that people would say, yeah, but my relationship with God is a personal thing, you know, and we are so, we're so quick to talk about what other people do wrong, right? But we are so slow about what we ourselves do wrong and to take responsibility for that. That's right. So it's great. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, we carry on from there, step yes. seven, uh, tells us we humbly ask God to remove all our shortcomings. Mm. Um, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. Mm-hmm. Yeah, hallelujah. Yeah. <laughs> That's beautiful to think that if we confess that he will take it away, he will mm. purify us. Mm. The word that I like, yeah. The, yeah. the word I like in step seven is we humbly. In other words, there is no place for arrogance or I can fix this myself, but we humbly come before God um, and to take yeah. away our shortcomings. Yeah, yeah that's right, uh, Frederick. And I also love the scripture that goes along with this. Mm. If we confess our sins, be faithful and just to forgive us our sins and purify us. You know, the big word for me there is if. If we confess them, he's been faithful and just, and he will forgive us. Mm. And that's what I've found in my life. Mm. God has forgiven because I have confessed them to him. And it seems. Yeah, I've got a feeling that, sorry, that I've mm. left out step six, where, um, because when Frederick, when you mentioned humbly, I realized step six is the one that says the entire, we were entirely ready mm. to have God remove all these defects of character. And that scripture, James 4.10, says, humble yourself before the Lord, yes. and he will lift you up. Mm. And it ties mm. in so beautifully with this next one that says we humbly ask Absolutely. him to remove Absolutely. that. And then after we've done that, then we go and tell other people, and we admit that, right? That's step eight. Yeah, yeah? I, th yeah I think we... Um we have harmed other people, and we need forgiveness from them as well. 
Yes. So that's where step eight comes in. We make a list of all people we had harmed and become willing to um, to make amends to them. Um, and that's important to make this list so that step nine... Uh, yeah. Step nine says we make direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would harm them or others. Um, and it uses the scripture in Matthew 5 that says if you offering your gift at the altar and you remember that your brother has something against you, first go and make right with your brother and be reconciled and then you give your gift. Mm. And for me, I had to make amends with my wife, with my son, with friends of ours that we had harmed due, due to our, our destructive behavior in, in, in my addiction days. Mm. And yeah. that, fol- that is followed by step 10. Mm, mm, mm. That says we continue to make a personal inventory. And that's what you referred to earlier, Suki, when you talk about a continuum. It's continually that we have to do this inventory because we sin every day. Mm, mm. And then step 11 says that we sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God, praying only for a knowledge of His will for us and the power to carry that out. And the scripture there is Colossians 3.16, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. And yeah, I, I, I do have a daily time of meditation and prayer that, that, that I'll follow since I've done the step 11. Mm. And then mm. of course, step 12. And this is having had a spiritual experience as a, as a result of these steps, we try to carry that to others. And I love this because Suki and Frederick, this is exactly what you are doing. Mm-hmm. Into me see. Mm-hmm. That is what you are doing. You're spreading this message of hope to others. And this is why we are doing Celebrate Recovery and why we're passionate about it. We just want to spread the hope. There is hope. doesn't matter how bad your situation is. Mm-hmm. There is hope. Absolutely. Absolutely. There is always hope. There is always hope because our hope is in Christ. Thank you Absolutely. so much uh, to the Lord and uh, for for you being able to share these practical steps and to share with us how important they were in your journey of recovery and restoration, leading you to closer and closer, closer intimacy and being able to pass this on to others. And it's not about perfection, but it's about being in process of healing. Yeah, it's been such a privilege to talk to you and to share your story of restoration. And listeners, please continue to send us your comments, your questions, maybe things you would like to ask them or us about what they had said. And send it to Frederick Suki, one word, at capepulpit.co.za. We're looking forward to receive your questions and your comments. And thank you so much, Mark and Nadine. May God continue to bless you and use you for his honor and glory. Thank you, Sophie and Frederick. Blessings. Bye. Bye, listeners. Bye-bye, then. Bye-bye. This insert was brought to you by Radio K Pulpit on 7 to 9 a.m. Visit us on www.kpulpit.co.za.